Make a gif about it. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Nerds Amalgamated. I'm the professor and my co-hosts are Buck and DJ. Hey guys. How's it going, guys? Uh, not too bad. I'm fabulous. Buck is, as always, fabulous and the DJ is not too bad. That's pretty typical for him. <laughs> it's kind of a low bar to set, though. So, you guys been up to anything fun this week? I have. Would you like me to tell you about it or are you just asking? Yeah. Elaborate, Buck. <laughs> Um, ah, lots of study, lots of learning. Um, my game of the week, which I'll be discussing later and so forth, is, um, yeah, been quite interesting. But, yeah, and also just there's always lots of fun to, to be had in life. So, yeah, I usually try to find good ways of enjoying myself. Always the optimist, Buck. What about you, DJ? Uh, the usual uni stuff, uh, work, working... Long working along the way, um, paying the usual bills. Man, nothing special. When you're at work, do you ever get the urge to sing that Taylor Swift song? Which one? The work, work, work. Is that Beyonce? I have no idea. <laughs> That's actually um, Brianna, actually. I was kind of close. Kind of? Kind of? I had the he, planet he right. He suggested it was a female. <laughs> yeah, I had famous American pop star. I was pretty well, close. Actually, no, no, because Rihanna's not American. I had pop star famous in America. Because Rihanna's from Barbados. I thought that was Beyonce. No, Beyonce is American. Okay. I'm not even a fan of Beyonce, and I know that. Watch out, you're going to have the Bay Hive after you now. Yeah, they can come to me if they want. I don't care. Anyway, our first topic is from Buck, and it's about things that people are fans of that aren't from America. Right? <laughs> You'll get um, it when you, you read your comment, your topic. You'll get it. I'm not going to spoon feed you all of my bad segues. Okay. Well, um, yeah. Um, moving along, we've got comets that are inspiring chemistry for making breathable oxygen on Mars. You see what I mean? That's not from America, that's from space, and the scientists are fans of it. But the scientists are American at Caltech. fans, they're not fans of things from America. <clears throat> well, I don't know. They, I'm sure they got their favourite restaurants that are in America. <laughs> they're studying at Caltech. But, yeah, no, um, we've got some interesting kinds of chemistry and physics and all sorts of stuff happening where... Taking a leaf out of science fiction, in which there's always all sorts of terraforming schemes and oxygen generators being utilised to create oxygen out of different means. Um, we've got some professors and so forth at um, Caltech University who have been looking at the fact that there's oxygen generated around comets through different things, and they were trying to work out how. So we got um, Con Constantinos Giapas, a professor of chemical engineering at Caltech, and his postdoctoral fellow, Yungsi Yao, um, looked at the proposed existence of a new chemical process to replicate this generation of oxygen, so to 
aid in space travel and also considering the idea of helping to combat climate change. So they looked at the fact that most chemical reactions require energy, which is typically provided by heat, but there's also other ways of creating oxygen, such as when um, water molecules are on rust or sand, etc. It tends to rip an oxygen molecule out of that structure and, yeah, release it into the atmosphere. So, yeah, they went to... Um, just trying to find his name. They, they spoke with another um, professor at Caltech. Tim, Tim Miller? Tom Miller? No. Tom Miller, yeah. Uh, it might be, yeah. Tom Miller and his postdoctoral fellow, Philip Shushkov. They um, worked out the some various methods and so forth of demonstrating the process. And, yeah, they have shown the fact that while there's massive amounts of um, weird science involved and chemistry, etc., because um, CO2 molecules are a linear molecule, so you've got oxygen attached to a, a carbon molecule in the centre with uh, another oxygen molecule at the other end to form the chain. And what this process is doing is bending that molecule around and detaching the carbon and connecting the two oxygen to create oxygen. So, yeah, um, they've worked out that it's actually, they don't need huge amounts of energy to do it. And at first they thought they might need to use a, a particle accelerator, but they don't actually need that. Um, they can do it at lower speeds and through the CO2 molecules or carbon dioxide molecules at um, a gold filter. And when it interacts with that, or and it's also been electrically charged before it gets accelerated. Um, yeah, they it, they have this process where they suddenly generate oxygen. So unfortunately, it's not a viable process yet for producing oxygen in outer space and for combating climate change completely yet. But it does have a, it. It is a starting point. And yeah, when you look at the fact that. Everything always has to start somewhere and where it ends up, such as cars and flight and space travel. Yeah, it's a banner day. We got a we've got some brilliant science happening here. Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering, like they've got a really nice animation of the process in uh, in the article. But I'm wondering how long the gold lasts. On a molecular scale, uh, does gold foil spell? I don't know. They haven't actually. I, I haven't actually gone through and seen any mention of that actually happening. And the fact that they, the reason why they're using the gold is the fact that it doesn't actually react in all the other ways that other substances do. With um, so there's no oxidization of the material for gold. So that's the main. That's the main reason why they're using that. But um, yeah. Interesting question, and I haven't seen an, any answers anywhere so far that do actually mention that. I like how the um, machine that uh, Giap is it Giappas? Yeah, Giappas um, that he's designing. It's um, while he's it's not really a particle accelerator. It's pretty interesting how the potential that it can unleash. Yeah, well, they say it's basically you, you've just got to have it so it's a, at the same speed as throwing a rock. Because this is also the same way, like, they found traces of oxygen in 
the atmosphere of Mars, and they think that it's actually the impact of space dust and small meteorites entering the Martian atmosphere and colliding with CO2 and so forth. So, yeah. So that's going to be a fun... Imagine applying this apparatus onto the nearest comet. That'll be the newest way to mine oxygen. No, the point is that it simulates what happens on the comet. Ah. So his point with the comet is that they detect oxygen on board comets, Mm -hmm. and they're saying that this process has the same effect as a very fast comet colliding with water molecules in space. Because you've got to remember, most um, comets are usually got a layer of ice, so going through different areas and there's moisture released as it passes near stars and so forth or different and gets affected by radiation. So it releases water or moisture that then impacts against it and releases oxygen, but then recollides and, yeah, there's a whole process there. They actually do discuss that, but, yeah, this is to simulate that effect in a more controlled environment. So when you're living on Mars, you don't have to go through the process of transporting huge tanks of oxygen around. You can recycle your air. So it'd be like total recall. Similar. Like I know they have um, CO2 scrubbers on submarines that they use at the moment for like the US Navy and so forth. This would take it to the point where essentially it would be pretty much an indefinite ability to stay below the surface if they can get it operating. Constantinus, start the reactor. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, this is one of those, as I said, it's a bad day. It's a groundbreaking change in approaching the chemistry and so forth to actually produce oxygen in pretty tight, confined spaces. But also I'm loving the fact that they're considering the fact that this can help combat um, global warming because we could use this to take carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere in those areas where they're not growing trees i.e. cities cities that are full of cars Um, yes I'm looking at Beijing here at the moment (laughs) but Um, no seriously um, Beijing one of the only cities in the world that still regularly Beijing and a couple of others where they have um, warnings where on certain days the smog is so bad, they actually put out an alert. And if you're going to walk around the city, you need to put a mask on to filter out the carbon dioxide and fumes. Yeah, my brother's over there at the moment, and he's been, uh, I think it's happened a couple of times in the last week. He's been giving us reports on the uh, the smog levels. Yeah. But uh, I looked it up because I couldn't quite remember. And the submarine air scrubbers, you generally use a quick line. Because limestone is calcium carbonate, which is calcium and carbon dioxide, and or calcium and carbon, and that pulls the uh, carbon out of the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. But of course, that's a, a limited reaction. Eventually, you run out of um, quicklime. Yeah. So I wonder, like, that's why I'm wondering about the lifespan of these gold foil sheets. I only have to be a pretty fine sheet so yeah I can't, i'm not sure like maybe it could be a like a mesh style process uh yeah it operates kind of like a sponge yeah and then you can somehow scrub the carbon off of it and collect it and use it for produ- producing something else i don't know what but yeah like i know they like because carbon 
when they scrub it off, they could use it as making carbon fiber. So, yeah, or even if they just compress it into bricks and shove it in a hole somewhere. Well, I'm thinking more of um, a constructive use for it. So if it's if it if they take the carbon and put it through a process where it turns it into carbon fiber, you can use it for manufacturing whatever because you get all sorts of things being made out of carbon, printed out of carbon fiber these days, whether it's chairs or whatever. So yeah, that or turn it into bricks for building housing. So when they get to Mars and they're building habitats, you want something that's going to help repel meteorites or anything like that because of the um, lower density of the atmosphere. A house made out of carbon fiber. I think before that stage, they'd have to work out what to do about the rad slow. The going theory is that any Martian colony will have to have a, a very thick layer of rock over it to protect against cosmic radiation. Okay. Well, well there you go. Um, but yeah, like there's there's all sorts of things, and yeah, if they're digging down into rock, carbon fiber, enclosed digging machines, and lined habitats help yep. to ensure the the structural integrity. What's going to be interesting is how many of these machines will it take to um to maybe help out the climate problem, say in China, for example. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like the gold foil needs to last long enough to absorb a certain amount of CO2. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea really what that amount is and how long, like the article says, the, the paper says that the um, process happens in fem- femtoseconds. Yeah. And it's only um, like they're firing 100 CO2 particles at the gold and only getting two oxygen part- particles being released. Yeah. So, yeah, like it's extremely low yield at the moment. But it it's a starting point. And in context, the um, atmospheric carbon is over 400 parts per million at the moment. So it's got a long way to go to be properly viable, I think. But it's exciting. Yeah, like you got to remember, like when the Wright brothers first started flight with their like powered flight. Before that, they had gliders that weren't really going that far, and then that we've got the Wright brothers with powered flight and. Everyone was jumping up and down with joy, and they didn't even make it wasn't even 100 yards on their first flight, I don't think. Yeah, and, it wasn't all that far. And now, now here we sit, just what, couple, not even 200 years later, and where we've got planes that are able to stay up almost, pretty much indefinitely with um, air to air to plane to plane refueling up in the air, and we've got spaceships and so forth. So I think NASA's even got a record for longest solar-powered flight. They had this uh, solar-powered UAV that they flew around the world. Mm. Well, the um, SR-71 we were talking about last week when we were talking about um, Spaceport America, that was able to circumnavigate the planet in one flight. So they used to, they used to be able to launch that up into the air and they could refuel while flying and that would be able to sit up there and, yeah, they, because of the speed and everything like that, the amount of distance, they could have that um, surf can navigate the entire planet in less than half a day, I think it was. So they could take off at, just after breakfast, fly around the world and be back in time for lunch. That's got to be a, gr- that's got to be a great schedule. Um, well, when you consider the speeds that that thing was going at, which is, was it Mark 3 to... I've, I've heard reports of Mark 7, but I've never been able to find them verified. 
But yeah, yeah, three times the speed of sound is just ridiculous sorts of speed. Like they, they're talking um, seven seven to nine um, Gs of acceleration and sustained acceleration as well because it, it maintains that speed for a long time. You know what I've realized with the whole um, oxygen with the whole um, creating oxygen and stuff. I'm just wondering, this thing could potentially kill the oxygen sale business in the long run. There's oxygen. an oxygen sale business. Like, like you I know, never how- make tanks for welding and crummy babies and stuff. No, no, I meant but- as in like you would get some companies that would sell that would sell like bottles of air and just give it to um, give it to others. Like I remember one Canadian company bottled like air from Canada mail it to China and just give it to them for for a certain price. Yeah, but there's people out there that are buying anything. It's just a niche market thing. Like you got people out there that are water fanatics that pay hundreds or thousands of dollars for a bottle of water that come from specific glaciers or icebergs. Like there's, um, there was a group in uh, Japan, I think it was, that would – go up to the North Pole with a ship and harvest an ice iceberg and turn it into bottled water and sell it. So, yeah, there's always going to be people out there that are selling all sorts of things. It does He's... taste great, though. Have you but tasted one? Not iceberg, but, like, glacial water. Like I've, ta- I've tasted glacial water. I've tasted um, spring water from right up high in the snowy mountains. And I have to say, I love that because that was pretty much as pure as you can get. Yeah. But, yeah, um, I can't see the point of um, going up and stealing an iceberg and then charging thousands of dollar for, dollars for um, a bottle. Like if, if, if I've got someone who's willing to pay me thousands of dollars for a bottle of water, I'm quite happy to go and grab a boat and go up and harvest but yeah but uh, but but as i said like it'd be interesting how the oxygen business would survive uh, once this technology comes up it comes into play but so that's not oxygen that's air yeah so that's got all the other chemicals that are there as well that's not just pure oxygen because pure oxygen actually most people can't actually live with it the more pure it is the heart like it actually you need the other bits other um particles and gaseous formations that are in air to be able to breathe properly. Remember the good yeah. old day, remember the good old days, fellas, when um the oxygen bar was a trend? That was in the good old days. The I 90s. That was only a couple of years ago. Yeah, well it was not that old. My youth isn't rapidly slipping away. <laughs> yes it is. <laughs> but it was Every amazing. day it gets further and further away. <laughs> every second of every minute of every hour, you get older. <laughs> no, 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 Bucky, we can't scare the professor too much. <laughs> Just think, a few years from now, you'll start going bald like the DJ. <laughs> nah, not with my genetics. <laughs> but, uh, but as I was saying, like, could you imagine the oxygen, the rise of the oxygen bars with this coming along? I can't imagine it would be any more special than any other pure oxygen. At the end of the day, it's I, I, I can't see it, it being that much of an issue. Like maybe if you're on Mars or somewhere like that, that it will happen. But if you're on Mars, it's going to be more of a matter of survival. So, yeah, like this is going to be for 
interplanetary travel and space exploration and that sort of thing rather than a bunch of half-wit yuppie hippies sitting in a tent with a pipe shoved into their face at an oxygen bar trying to make themselves look better. Like I've sat there and I've breathed breathed oxygen in at the hospital after I've, I've had an accident and stuff, and I have to say you walk out feeling a million dollars. But, yeah, this is more a matter of looking at um, survival and, like, expanding our horizons. Yeah, but speaking of mastery of the universe, DJ has something for us next. I have the power! Um, (laughs) There goes another one of my childhood dreams. (laughs) Oh, it's not that bad. Come on, it's Masters of the Universe. (laughs) No, no, Masters of the Universe is good. Just the way you said it just sounds camp. (laughs) Well, do you want me to go full on? I mean, I could go full on. By the power of Grayskull. (laughs) If if you have your voice drop a couple of octaves, I don't know, like, yeah, finish, uh, finish, finish going through puberty and get that <laughs> deep masculine voice that he man has. <laughs> like, uh, but his voice isn't deep. Haven't you heard that song? The one where he's all like, "Hey, what's going on?" I have no idea. You, you strike two on the on the song identification thing, man. <laughs> it's like I, the video that somebody made of that song by the. What are they called? Two non-blondes? The song's called What's Up? And they it's, um, made four a music non-blondes. video. Four non-blondes, is it? Yeah. You're only half the way there. Video using Hitman. No, not Hitman. Why did I say that? He-Man. I, I think we should just back yeah. away slowly from this one. Yep. <laughs> I'm with let's, you there. Let's smile and nod and just forget <laughs> it happened. Yep. So, um, Kevin Smith, famous for his works such as um, Clerks, More Rats, Jay Strikes, Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back, um, and f- famous for other sh- uh, for his podcasts such as um, SMS Modcast, Fat Man Beyond, and um, Hollywood Babble Online, has announced on PowerCon that he is spearheading a Masters of the Universe animated series um, called Masters of the Universe Revelations, and so this will be set. This will pick up. This will pick up where the 1980s animated series left off. Unlike the uh, recent Netflix reboot, Shira and Princess and the Princess of Power. So uh, this move, this one wasn't Shira the Princess of Power. So it wasn't Shira and the Princess of Power. The ne- the recent Netflix one is called Shira and the Princess of Power. Uh, Netflix has screwed up again. Oh, you, you, you that that's you haven't seen the end of that Shira one or the new Shira. Trust me. Uh, so for the new one, it's going to be so for the new season, it's going to be focusing on unresolved storylines. And the best part about this is that the people behind the Castlevania the Castlevania series on Netflix will be the ones doing the animation for um for Masters of the Universe. Okay. And so. Yeah, and um, Smith said in the in the press release, uh, Revelations will pick up right where the classic era left off and tell an epic tale, which might be the final battle between He-Man and Skeletor, brought to the brought to life with the most metal character designs Powerhouse Animation can contain in the frame. This is the Masters of the Universe you can you always wanted to see as a kid. Hang on a second, how is Kevin Smith producing an anime? 
He's proven. I can, if it's if it's if it's an animation, that's one thing. But I hate it when the when the Americans say they're making an anime. They just don't have the artistic ability and passion that the Japanese bring to making an anime. I don't know. I mean, look at the old old styles like um, Avatar: The Last Airbender and Teen Titan and the old Teen Titans series. I mean, they they were classed as American Japanese anime. American or Japanese? It's not American Japanese. And but yeah, like you you, it's just no. I'm sorry. <laughs> you got you got you got a weeb has rejected this. You you. I'm not as a weeb. It's just the Americans <laughs> just claim that they're able to do everything and they just suck at it like there's so many things americans screw up especially like the live re- live adaptions and remakes of stuff like i'm sorry there's this <laughs> if you think if you think there's that- certain thing, times in life when you just think i wish america had actually stuffed up with their building of the nuclear bomb and blown themselves to pieces <laughs> well if they hadn't nuked japan we wouldn't have anime right no, we probably would have because there was the Japanese probably would have still come up with the the artistic stuff and the stories because they got people over there that were going to be crazy and excited and passionate and come up with all this sort of stuff. Speaking it's kind of like of- saying like people like they have those posts that come up on Facebook. What would you rather? You, you got to get rid of all these things. You can only keep one or keep two of them, and they've always got like all these different things, whether it's like cartoons and comics and all these other different things, they've always got alcohol and caffeine or coffee. Now, if you're going to get rid of it, all of those things and only keep two of them, keep the alcohol and the coffee because those two things are paramount inclusions for creating so many of the fun things. Like computer programmers live on caffeine, so we need coffee. Artists tend to mainline between either caffeine or alcohol, depending on the time of day. So, therefore, we're going to get animations. But uh, you were saying how um, Netflix are stuffed up. Uh, okay, so look, in, in with She-Ra, uh, the Netflix version and the she- and the old She-Ra, what do you see when you see the comparison of these two? Uh, I don't want to look. <laughs> uh. It's, you're scaring me. Well, that's, that's more what Netflix than norm, is. more than normal. <laughs> well, that's what Netflix has done. But by that being said, though, it's interesting how the the timing of the announcement is interesting because Netflix has recently a lot of things have happened to Netflix recently. Like they've lost a lot of money in value, like seventeen billion dollar drop. Yeah, well, I mean, their first got- mistake was canceling Santa Clarita Diet. Well, it's just they've also got lots of other. Um- competition coming through now that's actually putting up some really good content like amazon's got amazon prime and then you also got hulu yeah and you've got the new ones are like uh disney plus and all as well and there's also um the english have gotten involved in it now as well so there's like this one called acorn tv acorn tv which has got all the british crime dramas and all that sort of stuff so yeah netflix has lost out because all the intelligent stuff's going over there and yeah, I've seen this picture you've got there, and like, how seriously messed up can you get? <laughs> oh, there were, it was it, the storylines have been changed in in that new in the new Shira series. Trust me, it's not like the old Shira we know and love back in the day. But yeah, um, there's the other announcement that came out day a couple of days ago where they've laid off a lot of high staff, lot of staff members for um, 
in the animation department, especially the kids and family original original series department, um, original animation department, business and legal and uh, interactive. So, man, it's Netflix is going through a tough time. I mean, even with this announcement, I mean, I'm kind of doubting whether this series might be successful. Well, if it goes anything like the Shearer thing has done, yeah. Yeah, there was an there's an article I've been reading there. Um, the, there were a couple of reasons why Netflix have cancelled. One of them was also keeping it in house, um, so it fits the profit mind. Netflix original since House of Cards, but some of the originals are more original than the others. So more original. How do you get more original than the others? So like, He Man isn't original. They're copying. They, they're taking something that's already there. So that's not original. Yeah, I think it's just more of the. Net, they want Netflix only, not like partnerships with the Dream. Like Shira is a partnership with DreamWorks and and Pixar, and so they just want Netflix only. And that's what they're uh-huh. trying to hone in. Mm. You're not liking this at all, aren't you, Buck? I'm just wary because Netflix has kind of stuffed up lately on a few things. Yeah, yeah, like, I agree. The end, end of Game of Thrones. Like, oh. Start- like Game of Thrones started off really well, and like there was bits and pieces there at the final battle that yeah I loved so much, and I love the twist with the fact that John didn't actually get to kill the Night King. Oh man, spoilers! <laughs> if you hadn't heard about that by now, then I'm sorry you you've been living under a rock. There's so many people been complaining about the fact that it was Arya that yeah. Yeah, I just Game of Thrones made a lot of people very angry. <laughs> I find it hilarious with the Game of Thrones was how Daenerys's character development just crumbled in that last season. From like this, it's like she was Jesus in from like season one to I think season seven, and then see, in the final season, it was just she just changed to Hitler and a dragon. No, I don't remember ever being seen as Jesus, and she wasn't Hitler. There's rumors Hitler used to wear drag, but <laughs> don't think it would have been quite that attractive. Um, no, like there was always the build up there to show that she could go crazy because she was always pretty, like she's pretty straight down the line with certain things. Like the first when she first gets the um, unsullied and she uses the dragons to kill the slave master. Um, yeah, she's shown from the beginning that she like she was willing to do that, like. She helped cause the death of her brother. So, yeah, all of her character development, she did have that ruthless aspect to her. But I will say this, that last season, I think it divided a lot of people. And uh, cool. the the whole, like, I think that the, um, I think George R. R. Martin was saying like he was not happy either with the final season and how it went either, so... Of course he said that, because people weren't happy, so he wanted to try and save face. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, and he said that he was basing the final season on um, the book, on his new book, so, uh, and yeah. Isn't his it's new be book a prequel? No, the new book is going to be the, fi- um, the final two books are going to be the yeah final of the Game yeah. of Thrones series. So yeah. how are they going to do that when he hasn't released them yet? Because I know he gave them an outline of what was going to happen. Because he said that um, he's based the ending on yeah he's he gave I think uh, from what I gather he said something about the ending of Game of Thrones. So I've I've, I've got to find yeah, it. Yeah, I think he mentioned that he was changing it. 
I don't know. I don't follow it. Yeah. Uh, funny thing for Game of Thrones is I still remember all the controversy surrounding the fact that they actually approached the makers of Skyrim and asked them to start making it so it was more like um, the Game of Thrones world. And they were just told, no, go away. <laughs> Our game is great. Get lost. Don't ruin it. Buck's not biased there at all. Hey, I didn't say it. it was, that was there. That was actually from Bethesda Studios. Like, that was one of the best calls Bethesda's done in a long time. They didn't change Skyrim to be Game of Thrones. And they didn't allow Game of Thrones to take content from Skyrim. Although, technically, when you look at George R.R. R. Martin's novels, a lot of the stuff does seem to be a bit of a hodgepodge where he's stealing ideas from all sorts of people. Yeah, but um, yeah, back to I think we strayed away from from. Let's, let's get back to let's get back to the fact that I have the power. <laughs> the interesting, the other interesting thing is, I I like how they're not doing a reboot or a remake of He Man. It's basically continuing on from the old series. It reminds me of um Samurai Jack. How the new se- the recent season of Samurai Jack was the final season. It was basically a continuation from all the old seasons, and it was pretty good. It was pretty ma- well made. Yeah, I, but with some, there's a lot of those like the when you look at some of the like just Samurai Jack and all that. When you look at the actual content, it allows that to happen. It's also the same as with um, Ghost in the Shell. They've just done a big reboot for some of that, but they've stayed true to the storyline and the characters and all that, and it still works. Or even Appleseed, like you got some, you got some of the animes where. They lend themselves to that reimagining and telling the story from a different angle or continuing the story into a new phase and episode. Yeah. So I'm assuming you guys will watch it just for the nostalgia's sake? I don't know. Um, I haven't watched the new Shearer. I actually managed to scrub it from my memory. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm a really long way behind in a lot of other shows I want to watch, so I probably won't. I'm sure there's going to be something on Amazon Prime that'll probably be more intelligent. Anyway, our final topic for the night is about the Australian Censorship Board. Can you Uh. tell I'm not fans of them? (laughs) The Australian Classification Board has decided to ban a couple of games in the last week. They are Kingdom Come Deliverance and DayZ. DayZ was banned because of future content involving... Uh, weed, so marijuana, and Kingdom Come was banned. Uh, you know, oh, it's the DLC. Actually, it looks like that's been banned. I just found out about this tonight. Yeah, so um, somehow Kingdom Come has been banned, which I think is probably because there's a um, pride sexual assault scene. Although there was also one in the original game, so I don't know why that wasn't banned, but. Uh, Bohemia has gone the um, the Bethesda route and decided to modify the game in the entire world to meet Australian standards. So way back in the day, in the old age, 2007, Fallout 3 was banned because there were morphine injectors. They just had to find a replace and change the name to Medex, and that was okay. But now uh, DayZ is going to have a the use of marijuana, so Bohemia is taking out marijuana so that the board doesn't complain and ban it. Yeah, but it's not just it's the reason why they 
the smoking marijuana is the fact that it's supposed to be a health boost. So I can't see where smoking a joint is going to restore the health of a person in a battle situation. Well, judging by what a guy I know used to post on Facebook, it apparently cures every type of cancer. Uh, hypertension, <laughs> stroke. Did I mention cancer? Mental illness. Yeah, brain damage. Was he cancer. one of these... Was he one of those weirdos who used to wear like a, a tie-dye shirt and tie-dye happy pants and have dreadlocks and not bathe regularly? And he sounds no, like, hey, like man, that. what's up, man? He was nothing like that. He was just a stereotypical weed bro. Uh, um, yeah, but like with, yeah, I, Daisy, looking at the article here, it's smoking. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Weed as a, as a health boost thing. Um, Kingdom Come was is, the, yeah, there's the sexual assault. And the other one you are looking mentioning last night um we happy few oh yes we happy few got banned as well and that's yeah they're they're drinking whiskey and doing drugs well the whole plot of that game is like cross between uh 1984 and a breaking world and your character can do a drug i don't remember what it's called but it basically gives you the happy view of the world and if you stop taking the drug, then you get the sad view, which has all of the people in ragged clothes and the rats and stuff. That just reminded me of um, the old Simpsons episode when Lisa Simpson was suffering depression and the school counselor recommended her to take drugs and she starts seeing everything happy. It's probably, uh, like, knowing the Simpsons, it's probably a homage to Brave New World. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't know, man. It's... This is what I think of the um, Australian Censorship Board right now. When they see those games, they'll be like, oh, will somebody please think about the children? Well, that's the other thing. It was only a couple of years ago that we finally got an adults-only rating for video games. Before that, it was either it meets the M15 rating or it gets bad. So we could only play Left 4 Dead in a low-gore mode which included stuff like not even showing you that the zombies were on fire. So well, they used you to, had no idea whether that zombie was burning or not. They used to it have, directly um, impacted gameplay. They used to have an R rating and an X rating for some of the games as well, but they got taken out because too many, like, too many of the game companies complained. Yeah, and our polys think that games are for kids. <sighs> well, no, because... Like some like there was a lot of like there was games like um BMX Triple X and um they had post like there was was it post post Posty Boy or and Newspaper Boy and Postal and a few, yeah and a couple of others like that and um there was another one where you, it was literally you, the whole point of the game was to run around and see how many people you could run over with your car and yeah like there was there was stuff like that and those games were 
mean rated as R and X because they acknowledge the fact that adults were playing these games and enjoying them, but then the game companies wanted it changed, so they lobbied and had those classifications removed and only brought it down to mature adults, 15+. plus. But the encouraging drug-taking, it's not just for kids there either, DJ. Like, it's it's you're oversimplifying and just being a complete tool with saying that attitude because they're saying smoking smoking a joint is going to make you be healthy and it's yeah like, that's just stupid like there's there's the classification standards like they're not i think that they do a lot of censorship stuff for certain things but they've got to try and be reasonable and make it so that it's not encouraging deviant and problematic behavior well because- the other problem i've always had with it is that we've had r18 ratings for movies for decades yeah um, wait there's even an example i've included the list in the um in the show notes for the overturn section the game tender loving care released in 1998 was banned because of high impact sexual references and nudity was resubmitted as a dvd and was classified m15 like i'm not saying they're, they're getting it right all the time but like sitting there and putting on a stupid voice and Saying it's all just because of this, no, let's because there's there's a broad spectrum of it, and like if you want an example of them getting it wrong, there's also the fact that at one point Enid Blyton was banned in Australia, one of our greatest children's authors, because of the fact that it just the whole storyline of her books just didn't fit with what they wanted. But then we also had um, Humphrey B. Bear was taken off a of TV because. He didn't talk and he didn't wear pants and all that sort of stuff as well. What? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And Donald Duck was banned in Finland, I think, for not wearing pants. Um, not even beers were taken off because it apparently promoted homosexuality. <laughs> and that wasn't just in Australia. That was worldwide. Yeah. That actually started in America. The other thing about Noddy is that uh, gollywogs. Oh, yeah. People and then, no. are not too pleased with them and their uh, stereotypical but, representation. But this is the problem, though. Like, we're getting it's it, well, while, while that boy, while I was kind of being passe about the whole thing about the children, it's just how the government is trying to input everything, saying, like, no, 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 you can't have fun. No, no, no. This is they're not, not the saying that. It's saying you got to be responsible, and they got to, they're saying to the gaming industry, you got to. You got to you got to promote it according to standard like the the community standards because and they they change over time like what's acceptable today is completely different to what was acceptable fifty years ago and fifty years from now will be completely different again so it's not they're not being the fun police they're just trying to uphold community standards because there's a lot of the shows that are happening such as Game of Thrones, we just talked about, that 20 years ago would have been classified as pornography and you wouldn't have been allowed to get it on TV, let alone stream. And so it just would have happened. So you got you got to be a bit more realistic in your judgment of that, mate. Like, it's not the government being the fun police there. Like, I don't agree with all of the, a lot of the stuff they come up with, but you got to got to consider that it's not just them. It's community groups that are polling for it there's industry standards that are set and have to be abided by yeah the other thing is so that um, 
it was only a couple of years ago that we got 18 plus rating in Australia at all. Before that, it was, if you don't fit into 115, you are completely banned. And it just hasn't, like, I honestly don't think that it's changed that much, just having it in. There were a couple of big ones before um, like, that didn't pass under the old rules that were reclassified. You can check out the uh, overturned list in the list of banned games in Australia in the show notes. But uh, especially, like, Left 4 Dead was banned, got re-released with, got re-released without gore, and then got a gore patch allowed to be put in. Well, I like how before the gore patch got put in, there was a, someone wrote an article as soon as Left 4 Dead came out, Left 4 Dead came out that uh, you can fix the game code. Yeah, make it but that to... would um, stop you from getting any, uh, any achievements or playing in multiplayer. Ah. Because it counted as a, a hack. Ah. Mm. And the other thing to remember is you've got some of the people out there that are doing some of the things that are, are referred to as artistic. And the only thing that makes it artistic is the weird twist and so forth of how it's supposed to be delivered. Like there was that um, two-part movie or, or whatever it was. Was it Nymphomaniac or something? Which is all just about, which is literally just basically pornography, and I mean like hardcore stuff happening, and it's it it's apparently artistic in inverted commas, and I've seen lots of people who don't want to actually who have gone to see some of it because it was being referred to as this amazingly brilliant thing, and they've walked away disgusted because it was so dis- so it was just yeah just purely just it was just. Straight out hardcore sex. Oh, I remember this speaking. And of that dis- was released as an R rating originally. Yeah. Speaking of di- disgusting, though, that thing that was banned in Australia, remember Human Centipede and how that was bad? Well, that's on Netflix now. So Ugh. that one obviously got overturned. Or the government's just not paying attention. Well, we would probably still have an R rating, but yeah. yeah. Although it is a movie, so it would have come under the movie ratings, which are. As I mentioned earlier, less strict than the game ratings. Mm-hmm. But uh, one good point here that I found just at the moment is that uh, I've just looked up the members of the classification board, and the average age of them has dropped significantly since I last researched this back in 2013 or so. Back then, there were a bunch of old fogies. Now we've got people in their late 20s, early 30s bringing the age range down. But who do you, what, what do you call an old fogey? Like you call me an old fogey well, at times. <laughs> your point about it being a uh, community classification. Like I can understand the having the different ages. The, yeah. yeah, so if, um, if you want it to meet the standards of the community, you need to be representative of the community. Yeah, like, I, I can understand that and I respect that idea and I've had problems with that for a long time myself, but yeah, you, it's just sometimes you have to protect idiots from themselves. Like we got a whole range of laws for health and safety, which are aimed to stop stupid people from killing themselves. And yeah, it's the same with um, some of the movies and games. You just got to say, yeah, look, like as well as it, um, is it Mortal Kombat, where we had the the guys going off with PTSD. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you think about the fact that you're going to have 
kids that are playing that, like he's got a that's got a what MA fifteen rating. I can guarantee you, there's seven and eight year olds that are out there playing it that are going to be watching that, and at some point in the future, they're going to have issues with something or other. And it's not game violence; it's just the continued exposure to certain certain conditions impacts yeah. psychologically. And yeah, like the DJ's playing that. Look at look, he, he's just getting weirder. Like he's doing <laughs> he's doing crazier voices. I actually reckon like. Mortal Kombat's one of the ones I don't agree with their rating for because yeah. it is such a a focus of the game to have the gore in that. So like there's this it there's gotta be a balance there somewhere and we, we we have to try and stand up and say, Yeah, look, this isn't right for certain things, but in other ways there's other things that need to be changed as well. So yeah, recommend like the game sitting there and saying, oh, smoke a joint. It helps recover you when you're being beaten up. I think the only thing it's going to do when you're being beaten up is make you just become chill and relax. And then get no, the bro, it's all cool. Knock out my other teeth. <laughs> yeah, like I saw a cartoon the other day um, that was um, about being stoned to death. And I actually showed two guys sitting there getting smoking marijuana. And, yeah, he was like, oh, when they said stoned to death, I thought they meant they're going to throw rocks at us. And the other guy goes, yeah, no, nah, it's more the fact that we're going to have the munchies so bad we get, and they're going to starve us to death. So this is actually worse. Like, yeah, there's some... The... Oh. We just got to, I don't know, just be a bit more realistic on some of these things. Like, if they're going to be doing the violence and all that, they've got to do that. They've got to, I don't know, be a bit more intelligent. The problem I have with it, though, is how you how government. I just don't like how the government wants to intervene into it. Like you have the loot box, like loot boxes recently. Like yeah, sure, it's a good idea. We need to we need to regulate the loot box industry. Watch out, we've got a libertarian over here. <laughs> well, but, you got you can't you gotta you you can't have one without the other. Hmm. Like you, you you gotta sit there. You gotta take have it so that it's one one thing or the other, and it's not. But this, the um, classification board is actually an independent body. They don't actually listen to the politicians. The politicians can lobby them. Yeah, there's no politicians on there anymore, as you see. Like, the Back classification... in the day, one of them was a... I uh, oh, can't remember who he was. He might have been the former governor of uh, South Australia or something. Yeah, it's but he wasn't, a, he wasn't a current... Like he was like he started back in the like the Australian Classifications Board started in the nineteen seventies, I think it was. I put it, posted a link there just before. Um and before that it was we, we followed the British classifications. And it and it's just they ha there's a there's a mandate of rules they have to follow and it's one of the hardest things they have to do, but some of the stuff that they have to watch, like there's one of the things I remembered when I was doing my undergrad in psych was the fact that there are people who work for the class like for the classifications board that they have to regularly go for a counseling session every month because of what they see and witness when they're going through and reviewing stuff because there's some things that are banned from being able to come into the country that are just utterly disgusting yeah like, well, they let the dj in so <laughs> well here's one of the things to consider right with the classifications board by having different, like, there's certain things that aren't allowed, and rightly so. Like, one of the things that it stops is there was that there was that artist who had an exhibition a few years back where he oh, had the pictures one with the of, girls. 
Oh yeah, it was underage girls and boys. Like there was, he had pictures, nude pictures of I think it was an eleven-year-old and a thirteen-year-old girl and a twelve-year-old boy in the nude. And apparently that was art, and that was that's in that's art in huge inverted commas. That so it's yeah, and that entered the country. That had gone been on exhibition in America and Europe. It came to Australia, and people protested about it the classifications board walked in and had a look at it and they just got no and the police came in and just took took control of the entire exhibition and seized it all and took it away for, to be investigated and they, they were looking at charging the guy because under the classifications that's child pornography but he wanted he goes it's not pornography it's art i'm sorry but a photo of a naked child is child pornography yeah i remember reading about that that guy's excuse never quite sat right with me. I wonder like, where he is now, but I'm not going to bother looking because I don't care. Like, anyway, we should, um, we're having a great discussion, but we should move on to something a bit lighter. What have you been playing this week, Buck? I've been playing D&D, Dungeons and & Dragons. And so, you told us you had a good story about this. So what is it? Um, well, we I, I've found a group at uni that uh, have the QUT Dungeons and Dragons Guild and my group and I have been battling away, going through different bits and pieces and we've generated our characters and yeah, it's a lot of fun Like, and it's also, it's a good social interaction with lots of humour. Um, so for those who haven't played Dungeons and Dragons, it's you not a bunch of weirdos running around with swords attacking each other and doing drugs and that's what that's daisy um no 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 one's attacking each other in day z because the game doesn't work okay but, i honestly don't know i haven't played it in like over a year but it's yeah it's basically just it's all the imagination and the role play so you're using the dice but you also play out your character as well to get bonuses from your dungeon master or game master but yeah, like we're sitting there and it's also looking at the mechanics of how you generate the characters is just so much fun. A lot of people don't truly appreciate the complexity of generating a character. But yeah, like I'm running around and like I've played Dungeons and Dragons on and off for years, but I've never actually really sat down and researched creating a warlock. And I've done it this time and I'm actually, I'm, I'm pretty much in love. I'm loving the amount of uh, things you can do with generating your character. So, and we're actually talking just before we started recording about the fact that um, if you roll a, if you generate a barbarian as a um, dragonborn and you keep getting strength bonuses and building up the strength aspect with your XP and all that, um, when you get to level, get the rating to um, 20, you get double strength, I think it is. And then if, because you're Dragonborn, you get a plus two bonus modifier to your strength. And then as a, if you have him as a Barbarian, when you get to a certain level, you get the, um, I think it's level three, you get, you can choose Total Moria, and then at level six, you, become, you choose Bear Totem. You can be running around with 2,400 pounds. So, yeah. But in um, the game I've been playing, we had a Norfolk we had to battle, who was hiding in a crevice in the ground and we had our fighter go down because that's what fighters are for they're the ones that go down in front 
and get attacked first because they're apparently the butch. Um, while um, out the, the party's wizard and my warlock were standing up on top. And, yeah, we had to come to the rescue of the fighter. And this was after having destroyed a smithy so that our the group of bad guys that we were fighting against couldn't come back and re-equip themselves with weapons. So, yeah, like there's... It's been lots of fun, and it's actually in real life. So it's yeah, it's not a board game, it's not a computer game. It's actually having social interaction face to face. Although you can do it on um, Discord and different formats over the internet, but yeah, I thought I'd go for a change in my game this week rather than just computer games. Well, I've been playing uh, dice games too, but in this case, it is a computer game. It's Dicey Dungeons. It's a roguelite where you play as a anthropomorphic die and are fighting against the army of Lady Luck on a game show. <laughs> so it's turn-based. You have a set of abilities that you take to battle, then you roll your dice and assign the numbers to the different abilities. Fairly standard stuff. Uh, um, I'm enjoying it so far. It's pretty, uh, like, pretty hard, as most roguelites are. I'm uh, looking forward to getting deeper into it. I've actually been playing it tonight, and I'm not the new character, but uh, I've been enjoying the robot who has, uh, instead of rolling dice, has a sort of blackjack mechanic where you press a button to get dice, and you can go up to a, a limit number. But if you go over, you, know, you basically wasted your turn. Sounds pretty cool. I'm actually looking at um, the video, and I love the fact that the people get change across into the different dice. So you have your, your different Dungeons and Dragons characters, such as the Rogue and the Witch and all that, are turned into the dice. Yeah, it's got a lot of charm. I love the, I love the fact that people are coming up with these games that aren't just the standard run around and bash things. You've got to use some imagination and intelligence. That's the beautiful part. It's a, that's the beautiful part about it. Like, I mean, you get games like Skyrim and all. Like I gotta think of ways how to defeat the enemy instead of just charging it in and getting hammered. Yeah. I mean, you can do that. You can play as the fighter. But even then, like, you still have the, the you have to work as a team in, like, especially like the, um, the Dungeon Drags. I'm get, I haven't, I'm not sure with uh, Dicey Dungeons, but I'm guessing you gotta try and work your dice into different aspects. So, like you were saying, you unlocked another character. Uh, so, yeah. I'm loving loving the, the the it's just the sheer in, intellect of these this sort of stuff. The fact that it needs you to think. Yeah. Now, what have you been playing, DJ? I've been playing uh, Mortal Kombat 11. <gasps> no, Bad, DJ. We told you to play something else. Bad. <laughs> Didn't I, you I listen can't... to us when we were talking about the fact that this is related? It's connected to PTSD. Hang on, you're the one who brought <laughs> us that story. <laughs> no, that was me. That was no. the professor. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was me. Okay. <laughs> I I've been playing it because um new co- new content has been released um recently so I've been trying out the um new contents um one of the new contents include the um new character Nightwolf a fan favorite of the franchise he's added into it and it looks pretty cool got to admit and um just yesterday uh the new the uh, new um tra- character trait combat pack actually they call it, um, where the new characters are coming out. So you've got Shang Tsung, Nightwolf, Spawn, Terminator, Joker, Sindel. 
So you, some of the old fan favorites and some new characters are coming in. So yeah, I'm pretty hyped for the new for the next few months and weeks coming along. Hang on a sec. Is um, Disney going to try and dictate who they can have in this? Like kind of like they've been having all the issues with um, Sony not letting Disney have Spider Man for the MCU because they're not doing they're not maintaining the standards that they agreed to. I don't think so. I mean, they, they're going to be using this game to promote like other works. Like um, the Joker is going to be coming in just to just for the new just in time for the Joker movie and Terminator. Well, yeah, new Terminator is coming out soon, but and a new Spawn movie. I I know what the Spawn the new Spawn movie will be coming out pretty soon, but yeah. So we're getting Disney characters in Mortal Kombat. No, um, so, oh. although actually, hang on, who made Terminator? Was that? Fox Studios. Yeah, that's Fox. So yeah, um, yeah, he's he's now a Disney character. So <laughs> it's only one one step from having Disney-owned properties like Marvel and Fox to Disney-owned properties like Frozen. I want to build a snowman with your soul. <laughs> and well, actually, that raises a question. Um, what's the chick from um, uh, Terminator? Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor, she's now a Disney princess. So is uh, Ripley and also the alien. Yes, the alien queen and Ripley are also Disney princesses. <laughs> now, do you want to go and tell them that you, you want to build a snowman? <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, um, I'm, I just can't wait for the new stuff, to, new for the for the content to come out, so... Yeah, then ends up having fun with the Nightwolf fighter that they've been released. So yeah, yeah, awesome. So what's what's um Nightwolf's special moves? Uh, he's got Rhino Charge. Um, he's a wolf. How does he have Rhino Charge? Oh, uh, he just shoulder tackle. He's just sh- um, it's like Johnny Cage's um shadow kick, but similar. But um, Nightwolf's one is just a shoulder barge. I gotta wonder about some of these people. So anyway, uh, we should get on with the shout-outs. Our first shout-out this week is from the 19th of August, 1692. The uh, Salem Witch Trials began. Five people, one woman and four men, including a clergyman. Uh, Sorry, this is the end of the witch trial. So five people, one woman and four men were executed after being convicted of witchcraft, including Giles Corey, who has the most badass death speech ever. They were crushing him to death with stones because they wanted him to confess and he refused to confess because legally that would mean his property would go to the church and he wanted his property to go to his family. So they were dumping rocks on him and when they asked him if he was ready to confess, he just said, more weight. Do you think it was actually more Oh, hang on, no, wait, wait, wait. They they killed him before he got to do anything else and they just misunderstood him. Like the uh, the stoning scene in Wife of Brian. Yeah, or the crucifixion. Always look on the bright side (laughs) of life. Now, you've only included five people in uh, in the execution there. But I just pulled up the Wikipedia page and 19 were found guilty and executed by hanging. I think there's a mistake in the show notes, DJ. 14 women and five men. And Giles Corey was an extra one who was crushed to death. And at least five people died in jail. And one of the people involved was actually a member of the clergy. 
Yes. Did you know that, DJ? Oh, yes, I know. Anyway, enough uh, gentle ribbing with barbecue sauce. The next one is the 19th of August, 1953. During the Cold War, CIA and MI6 helped to overthrow the government of Mohammad Mossadegh in Iran and reinstate the Shah Mohammad Reza Pahlavi, the last Shah of Iran. The uh, coup is referred to as Operation Ajax by the CIA, and Iran is referred to as the 28 Mordad 1332 coup d'etat after its date on the Iranian calendar. And the next one, on the 19th of August, 1967, the Beatles single, All You Need Is Love, hit, 90, hit number one. In a statement to Melody Maker magazine, Brian Epstein, the band's manager, said, it was an inspired song and they really wanted to give the world a message. It cannot be misinterpreted. Mm-hmm. It's still one of the top classic songs, for like top rock songs going around at the moment. Yeah, it's still very popular. Although I have to say that... Um, it's nice to see that one of the people in the Beatles has finally made it big because he's got to do his uh, song with uh, Kanye West, so his career's finally going to take off. I feel like you made that joke last Beatles. Yeah, but it's still funny and sad yep. that people are actually dumb enough to not realise And sort of our thing. next uh, sad thing, though, on the 19th, 2013. The Damara Ghat train accident kills at least 37 people in the Indian state of Bihar. The accident triggered a protest by passengers who beat the driver unconscious, attacked staff, and torched two coaches of the train. And uh, remembrances. On the 19th of August, 1662, Blaise Pascal, the French mathematician, physicist, inviter, inventor, writer, and Catholic theologian. He was a child prodigy who was ed- educated by his father and his earliest work was in the natural and applied scientists contributing to the study of fluids and clarifying the pressure and vacuum. Mm-hmm. He uh, died of stomach cancer at the age of 39. Yeah, and lent his name to the um, computer programming langu- language, um, Pascal. Yeah. On the 19th of August, 1802, Jean-Baptiste Joseph de Lambre, the French mathematician and astronomer, died. He was the director of the Paris Observatory and author of well-known books on the history of astronomy. He was one of the first astronomers to describe astronomical equations from analytical formulas. He was a knight of the Order of St. Michael and the Legion d'Honneur. His name is one of 72 inscribed on the Eiffel Tower. He died at the age of 72 in Paris. Uh, Next is Groucho Marx, the 19th of August, 1977. The famous comedian with a great moustache. He uh, died in Los Angeles, California at the age of 86. And we actually noticed the other day when we're looking at this picture that at certain angles, if you had the DJ put a cigar in his mouth and grow a moustache, he would look very similar. Yes, we did. And on the uh, 19th of August, 1994, uh, Linus Pauling, the American chemist, biochemist, peace activist, author, educator, and husband of human rights activist Ava Helen Pauling, died at the age of 93 in Big Sur, California. He published more than 1,200 papers and books. As of 2000, he was rated the 15th most important scientist in history by American, by New Scientist. Pauling was one of the founders of quantum chemistry and molecular biology. I could go on all night about what this Check out his Wikipedia page because it's crazy. Yeah, like you look at looking at the photo of him, he 
he looks like he might be part alien because like the the way his head shaped, it looks like he's actually extended the size of his cranium to fit a larger brain in. And we had to squeeze in an remembrance at the last minute on the 12th of August 2019, but only published uh, in the last couple of days. Danny Cohen, a distinguished computer scientist, died in California at the age of 81. He helped develop the first visual flight simulator for pilot training, the first teleconferencing system over the ARPANET, which is impressive because the ARPANET was anything but fast. And he met his second wife over the internet and is quite possibly the first person to do so. And he's living proof that um, for a couple of things, one, internet dating works. Two, computer games don't generate violence because flight simulators are generally essentially just giant computer games. And he was a peaceful sort of man. Yeah. And he even wrote a paper on holy wars and a plea for peace. Now back onto the birthdays. On the 19th of August, 1871, Orville Wright, one half of the Wright brothers, was born in Dayton, Ohio. Now, the Wright brothers are obviously famous for their Wright Flyer, which we were discussing earlier. And also on the 19th of August, but in 1921, Gene Roddenberry, the creator of the Star Trek and The Next Generation, he flew 89 combat missions in the Army Air Force during World War II and was also in the Los Angeles Police Department. In uh, 1985, he became the first star on the Hollywood Wall of Fame and was inducted into both the Science Fiction Hall of Fame and the Academy of Television Arts and Sciences of Fame. He was one of the first humans to have his ashes carried into Earth. And we thank him for Star Trek, which is still going today in one of its many iterations. Mm-hmm. And on the 19th of August, 19. Charles Wang, the found, co-founder of Computer Associates International Incorporated. He also had some computer, like, had a computer company called Wang Computers. So there was a time in which it was appropriate to invite your friends over and say, check out my Wang. And on the 19th of August, seven, we have Satya Nadella, the engineer and Indian-American business executive. Uh, Satya is currently the CEO of Microsoft and has completely turned Microsoft around. Microsoft's now extremely different to what it was back in 2014 when he took over. Uh, His first major acquisition was Mojang, who made Minecraft, for two and a half billion. He was born in Hyderabad, Telangana. Mm -hmm. And uh, events of interest. On the 19th of August, 1887, Dmitry Mendeleev makes the solo ascent by balloon to an altitude of three and a half kilometers above Klin, Russia, to observe an eclipse. Because what's more awesome than watching an eclipse? Watching an eclipse from three and a half kilometers in a balloon. On the... At least you wouldn't have had to worry about idiots standing in front of him while he's trying to get a good view. Yeah, uh, we have on the 19th, the first flight of the B-25 Mitchell medium bomber. Named in honor of Major General William Mitchell, the pioneer of U.S. military aviation, the B-25 served in every theater of World War II and operated across four decades. Nearly 10,000 were built, including reconnaissance models, crew trainers, and patrol bombers. And uh, last one here is the launch of SINCOM-3, the first-year stationary communication satellite. On the 19th of August, there's a bit of a pattern going here. 
1964, a satellite in orbit near the International Dateline had a wideband channel for television and broadcast the 1964 Summer Olympics to the United States from Tokyo. Well, that's all we have for this week. The DJ had in the lurch. So, do you remember where to find us, Buck? Um, good coffee shops, um, any of the good gaming stores such as Vault Games. Oh, you mean the show? Yes. Ah, um, well, the twit is got us hidden on Twitter under the name at an amalgamated. We're on Facebook, we're on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher. Our email address is, is it n.amalgamated? Uh, no, I'm pretty sure our email is nerds, which I can check for us. Or you can find us at tnc.com. Yes, we are nerds.amalgamated. Nerds.amalgamated. At I think G-mail. we know that, Buck, after like 81 episodes. Yeah, I don't send emails to myself, so... Yeah, neither do I. He doesn't have many interesting things to talk about. No. Um, yeah, um, where else are we? Uh, we're hopefully going to be at Supernova. Um, can't think of much more places we would be. Um, movie, uh, yeah, cinemas, watching movies. Or in my case, in front of my desk playing more games. But that's all we have for this week. Stay hydrated and take care of yourself. Are we going to do a shout-out to anyone from TNC? Uh, good point. Do you have any recommendations for our listeners? Um, the humour experiment, is it? Or- That's exactly who I was thinking of, too. Experiment. So, yeah, if you want to have a good laugh and so Hang forth. A um, different bunch of clowns. Yeah, someone who actually is a professional clown, other than just crazy. Um, yeah, check them out. And we'll see you next week. Hooroo. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.